In this week's podcast, we're going to be talking about Denzel Washington, followed up with a bit more about Denzel Washington, and finally, we'll be wrapping it all up by talking about my man, Denzel Washington. In a cloud where there are already too many film podcasts, you have to ask yourself, what's the harm in one more? Two ordinary men armed with unqualified opinions. Talk Filmy to Me. Hello, welcome to the Talk Filmy to Me podcast, a film podcast about news, general entertainment, general pop culture. It's the podcast that looks across from you and says, my man. Speaking of my man, I've got my boy with me this time. You may have heard of him on BBC News. You may have heard of him on the Astro stuff that he does because he's a very smart science man. Jamie <laughs> Hannon, how are you doing, pal? Not too bad, mate. Like a bad smell. You just can't get rid of me. I'm back again. Uh, and like you said with my science stuff (laughs) science there we go anyway shall we crack straight on with news on that revelation news okay so I reported it last week that Idris Elba was not going to take up the role of James Bond even though he he started the rumours bit of a shame but add more fuel to the fire Danny Boyle has now left Bond 25 over ye old creative differences. God, that creative differences has been breaking up a lot of good things, isn't it? Yeah, I wonder if they're going to start using that in divorce proceedings. Why do you want to break up creative differences? Do you think creative uh, differences will ever get a credit in a film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Executive producer, creative differences. <laughs> so that means that not only that the future of Bond is up in the air, because obviously we know this is Daniel Craig's last film, but also the director's chair is now vacant. Now, this is, I don't know why this is a thing, but every director of Bond has always been British. Like, it's a thing. You have yeah. to be British to be... I mean, how the fuck are you allowed to operate that in 2018? Like, sure, what happens if you had some, like, an amazingly qualified, talented director, up and coming... Who was and Italian. They, yeah, and they're like... No, what about, sorry, that's not Bond. Yeah. What about yeah. this guy? He's won Oscars, he's, yeah. he's worked on some really good screenplays, he's, he's learned from the best. Yeah. No... No, not British. No. no, no, fuck him. Okay. Steven Spielberg wanted Ooh. to direct a Bond film, right? They wouldn't let him do it. They wouldn't let him do it. Right, he, <sighs> he this, was, this was in the early stages of his career, he yeah. sat down with MGM Studios yeah. and he, he, he really fucking tried for it and they were like, no, nah, I'm sorry, always has to be a Brit. So he's like, all right, I'm going to speak to my mate George because he's got this screenplay for a guy called Indiana Jones. <laughs> and that's why in the advertising campaign for the first Indiana Jones film, Every poster went, it's better than Bond. Really? Yeah, really. Oh, wow, that's pretty awesome. But yeah, I'm sure you're limiting yourself to quite a narrow field then, aren't you? Uh, Yes, and that's (laughs) why there's other films, franchises that are now better. Mission Impossible. (laughs) Uh, So who would you like to see pick up the, the chair? Bear in mind, they've got to be British. Well, I think it's an opportunity to go for, you know, a relative unknown entity. You know, almost like I can't think of a uh, British director. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe someone who's you know maybe done a screenplay course and oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks yeah does mate. a podcast yeah. uh, you know is gaining success could be a great opportunity for them to expand their horizons. Oh, what mate. do you think, Flint? Do you think you fancy Flat- that job? Flattery gets you everything. <laughs> yeah. um, I, 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 I'm doing that because I'm hoping you're going to cast me as Bond, <laughs> the first the first overweight Bond. The name's, the name's Bond. Where's that big Mac gone? <laughs> <laughs> the name's Jim. Jim Bond. <laughs> so um, I, I personally would like to see. I'd like to see Nolan do it. Oh yeah. I mean, he likes to fuck with time, and <laughs> like in that, like it just there's something about his concept. I mean, he took Batman, right? That yeah. was a campy, 
thing at the time. It was a product of the night. I know Batman's been around long before the nineties, but the Schumacherverse was basically this product of the nineties, mm-hmm. with U two doing the soundtrack and everything else. And he turned it into a real gritty, amazing, grounded uh, film set in a fantastical world. Yeah, I'd love to see what he could do with a franchise like Bond. Or then again, maybe go completely off the cuff and be like someone like Edgar Wright, there being a bit of comedy to it. Yeah, should be quite interesting. I, I think I think Bond has always had that little element of <laughs> you know that sort of like English chuckle to it. You know, never like it's never been like a belly laughter has it but it's always no. been a bit like oh that's quite witty no. but saying that I would say to the people that make the Bond films look drop your, sh- shut up with your pride there's no yeah. such thing as pure British anyway yeah. and why don't you look for Christopher McQuire the guy who directed Mission Impossible Fallout as yeah. well as Rogue Nation and he really can make an amazing action spy film he's done yeah. it with Tom Cruise a million times now I think there's definitely legs in the idea yeah. of that and, and then you know explore the idea of Bond as well I like the fact that Idris Elba was being tagged for Bond Bond isn't a person is it as far as I'm concerned Bond is a code name for an agent yeah yeah I mean otherwise the timeline makes no goddamn sense oh it doesn't it doesn't it's, <laughs> you're, you're right to an extent like they've yeah. never come out and openly said James Bond is an alias yeah uh, it, but you're supposed to suspend disbelief and treat it as its own yeah. like little I'm, world I, the way um, I interpret it is that James Bond is an alias for the top British agent yeah, and that's 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 a way they could go with it, and I, I think that's a good yeah. good place they can start because then all of a sudden you can be really diverse in your casting. Could be female could be female, although I I and not. I don't to, know how to womanise things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not. I'm not against the idea of a kick-ass, awesome spy film. It's just that the character of James Bond is a bit of a yeah. bit of a twat, right? He's yeah. a product of a dinosaur time, and he is, he is. I think you can't pull off the same allure of that character with a female. With a female. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't mean don't go make an amazing spy film. Don't go make your own James Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah go yeah. make your own legacy, your own yeah, Ethan yeah. Hunt, your own James, uh, Jason Bourne. There's loads of opportunities for that. Yeah. And anyway, let's move on to other directing stuff. So, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. We've reported on this several times yes. now, and but officially, it's now been put on hiatus. The film is on hold until they decide what they're going to do. And um, I think they're going to swallow their pride, are they? No, they're not. They're not at all. Um, they're going to. I think what they're going to do is rejig the order of what the Marvel films are going to be after the sequel to Infinity War, yeah. and they're probably going to move Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three to the end of that slate, giving them two or three years to find the right director, the right writer. But also, bear in mind your cast are getting older. Your cast are now entering that pay- that stage of their careers where can they pull off being action heroes anymore? Yeah. So can they keep a- the guts in check? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they even do a joke about it in Infinity War where um, Raccoon says to um, the Star Lord, "Yeah, Quill, you're one sandwich away from being fat." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, like I say, it's probably for the best. I hope what they're trying to do is do a Sky Sports with Jamie Carragher of suspend them for a little bit and hope it all dies down. Yeah and then reinstate them yeah. and that's that's what I hope happens anyway let's stay on the Disney trail Dominic Monaghan <laughs> will join Star Wars Episode 9 so Dominic he was in Lord of the Rings oh, uh, he was uh, I think Pippin um, yeah. anyway he was also in Lost 
Um, no one knows what his everyone character's going. Everyone was in Lost. Yeah, to be fair, everyone was in Lost. <laughs> it went on forever. <laughs> JJ just gets out his little Rolodex and just goes, uh, who have I not cast from Lost yet? <laughs> so, um, so yeah, he's joined episode nine. That's building up momentum. And while we're talking about Star Wars, let, let's keep keep on that. So, Kelly Marie Tran, um, do you remember? Rose, yes. yes. Right. Yeah, she's Rose. gone back onto Twitter now, hasn't she? Uh, she hasn't gone back onto Twitter. So what oh. she has done is she wrote a piece for the New York Times a really, really interesting piece yeah. for New York Times explaining her absence from social media about uh, body slamming, how yeah. people have basically blamed her for, yeah. for episode eight. And um, she she essentially had to go into herself for a little bit. She went and hid herself away while she, she figured out how to deal with yeah. this. And she figured it out and I think the most inspirational way possible. She decided that she doesn't give a fuck what other people yeah. think. Um, she is very proud of being the first Asian woman of color. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Asian woman of color to appear on Vanity Fair magazine. She's yeah. also the first Asian female character to have a leading role in a Star Wars film. Yeah. That's absolutely incredible. Um, she kind of felt a bit ashamed of herself because she actually changed her name so that Western That's audiences right. could understand that. And anyway, in this article, she describes how she's not going to let this get to her. Yeah. And this amazing paragraph, which I think will will basically immortalize her. You might know me as Kelly. I'm the first woman of colour to have a leading role in a Star Wars movie. I'm the first Asian woman to appear on the cover of Vanity Fair. My real name is Leon, and I'm just getting started. Now, that is so powerful, those words, and I think that's absolutely amazing. The thing that's a kind of bit disgusting is that if you Google this article and you look at, subsequently, the world news that this, this generated, yeah. no one is referring to her as Logan Lone still in... Yeah. Everyone's still referring to her as Kelly. Yeah. It's like she's literally yeah. just come out and said, Look, I chose an English name because you because I felt that I couldn't be represent I couldn't get a job yeah. because my I'm not being represented in cinema and there's a misconception that audiences don't want to see that. Which by the way, this is very strategically done because on the weekend that Crazy Rich Asians has just made a whole fuckload of money, it proves that there is a demographic out there who yeah. want these films, that they want representation on screen. And you know, just she couldn't have planned this to perfection any better. The thing is, she is a very good actress. You know, the writing for the entire film, in my opinion, was poor. Yeah. And did not do justice to the actors and actresses in that film. I think Kenny was given a lead role, and I think the way her role was built was brilliant. I feel like it, you know, nothing to do with her at all. She's a cracking actress. I think with the right director, given the next film, she will be an amazing part of the Star Wars saga. I can see that role, her role, growing and her becoming the leader of the Resistance. I can see that happening. Yeah. And with the right writing, she will go from from where she's currently is is to to, to stardom stardom within the, the you know the Star Wars fanboys. But those fanboys out there do not represent Star Wars fans at all. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it wasn't a great film. <laughs> Nothing to do with the actors and actresses because they got the roles because they are fantastic at what they do. Yeah, it's the writing. I think uh, to that point, I don't like. I, I'm, I'm with I'm with Jamie, and unfortunately, I am part yeah. of that fandom that doesn't particularly enjoy the Last Jedi. Yeah. But I fucking respect it. I gave yeah. it four. I gave it four out of five on this podcast, not because of the story, which is kind of weird because it's a high score. I applaud the director for taking his own route and yeah. I applaud Mark Hamill's performance in that. Oh, he deserves Hamill, an Oscar yeah. for that, mate. Like He's so, so good. Yeah. And even though, and the more you read about it, the more research you do, you'll see that Mark Hamill does not agree with this direction. Yeah. Like, he clearly doesn't. No. He is doing 
the right thing, what he, what the franchise feels is the right thing yeah. to do. Now, what a fucking professional. Yeah. Like, he doesn't agree with what they're doing with the character. And he yeah. is the character. Yeah. He's lived this character for yeah. the, mar- you know, the best part of his life. That's it. But he's got a job to do. He turns up yeah. on time. He, yeah. not does, he doesn't just do his lines. He fucking emotes, man. He's yeah. so good. That yeah. scene where he is described... When he first goes on the Millennium Falcon... And he's with R2, yeah. and that look in his yeah, eye, yeah. like that's that's yeah. incredible. Is that, I mean, it's like Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher was brilliant within the film. Yeah. That bit where she wakes up in space and then Mary falls, Poppins. Yeah, Mary Poppins <laughs> her way to the door. That isn't her being a bad actress. That's poor writing. That's yeah. what the hell is that scene? Yeah. I'm getting too much into it. <laughs> no, no, but, no, but that's that's where we've got to make that differential between poor acting and poor writing. Yeah. And and, and Loan or Ke- Kelly has, has had a really raw deal from, from Star Wars fans oh yeah uh, the, the, the put all that on her that's yeah, that's, that's wrong. so wrong and uh, I hope to be honest like um, Lauren if you're listening because everyone in the world listens to this podcast yeah. I will summarise up everything of value you've missed from Twitter moving on so um, <laughs> Death Note we reviewed it on the podcast a while back Netflix original yeah. taken from original anime um, that was really good it was, it was a really good really film good. really really surprise package things fair to say yeah. um, Death Note 2 is coming to Netflix they're making a sequel to it just, just to remind so Death Note was with that really freaky guy wasn't yeah, it yeah the tree guy yeah yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Who, um, it was supposed to be voiced by David Bowie oh wow yeah that but then unfortunately he passed away yeah. um, so yeah. they got William Defoe different. Instead oh, to, to do it, he was. That was a very good film. I yeah, agree. that was probably one of the best Netflix originals. Yes, it is definitely up there. It yeah. is definitely. If you had to do a top ten, actually, maybe towards the end of the year we do streaming gems. Yeah. We should probably do a, a top top ten, top 10 yeah. ever Netflix streaming gems. But um, but yeah, that's comes Netflix again. That's going to be great. Um, it's a new cast. When's that? Uh, they reckon October 2019. So it's only just oh. been announced. So it's not oh. this year. Then again, Netflix can expedite things. All of a sudden, yeah. it'll be a next week. It's coming out. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, they're quite a busy of the six hundred other originals and TV shows that yeah. they're, they're producing at the moment. Absolutely insane. I'd it's love to have. Winner. I'd love to have Netflix money. Yeah, geez. I mean, could, can you imagine? That, well, I mean, well, I remember how it started. You know, like it was just House of Cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it was like. Three ninety nine a month or whatever it was because there wasn't a lot on it. No, that was pretty shit. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I don't think their licensing teams are focusing anymore on acquiring other people's stuff because you've got the Disney streaming service, yeah. which is going to basically take everyone's stuff. Yeah. Uh, you've got other people attempting Amazon, although Amazon do not produce as much. Yeah. I think there's an argument over quality because they've won an Oscar. Yeah. For their stuff. It's, it's 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 over the Amazon one. I mean, I. I I have Amazon because I have Amazon Prime for delivery. So yeah. you can get access to it. Yeah. Although it's very rare you go on it and you find something you want to watch. <laughs> no, but saying that, um, Jack Ryan, the Tom Clancy novel, that's, oh, been, yeah. that's been adapted for TV. Oh, yeah. And I like, keep seeing trades for that and it looks so dope. Yeah, like, do, it looks so yeah, good. I do want to see that. I keep seeing adverts for that as well. So, um, so yeah, that's, what, that's what's happening in your streaming world this week. And just to wrap off, uh, the Top Gun sequel called Maverick has added John Hamm and Ed Harris to its cast. I fucking love John Hamm. <laughs> Mad Men, dude. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's incredible. And Ed Harris, I mean, let's just say it now. Ed Harris is going to play a bad guy. Yeah. Like, we, we know it. He's, yeah. he's even going to turn up in a black hat, like in Westworld <laughs> Season 2. And, <laughs> and just be like... Um, actor, though, oh, man. he's so good. So very, very good. Oh, I love Westworld as well. That's a great... Yeah, I can't help but um, best Ed Harris performance probably Apollo 13 
Oh god, yeah, he's the mission he's, controller. He's a mission controller, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, brilliant, that. that first scene where he just everyone's like getting ready and he puts on his waistcoat, yeah. or um, when they declare Apollo thirteen safe and everyone's just like high five yeah. and celebrate, he just takes that quiet moment to himself. Yes. Any time there's a moment of victory in my life, I replay that scene in my head. <laughs> I just sit down, have a quiet. Just sit down, back in the chair, and be like, "We've done it." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. That's your news for this week. So you are what you are in this world. That's either one or two things. Either you're somebody, or you're nobody. Be right back. For the feature this week, after watching Equalizer 2, I can't help but think Denzel Washington is such a good actor. An amazing back catalogue that spans over two decades. The guy's done over 56 films, he's won two Oscars, won 81 other film award thingies, he's been nominated 166 times in such an illustrious career. That made me think, what's, what's your favourite Denzel film? He, he fall, For me, he falls into that category of actor who there isn't really a bad example. Like you think of your Tom Hanks, your Tom Hardy, sanctuary of the name Tom. Um, Denzel Washington is one of those guys which just keeps churning out amazing performances and really diverse catalogue. Mm. So while I've got Jamie here, I wanted to talk about A, what are our sort of favourite Denzel films and performances, but come up with a almost like a definitive list. Let's go have that top four Denzel Washington films and we'll put them on a list for our Twitter listeners out there to vote on. And we'll have like a talk filming to me ultimate Denzel film. We'll probably do a prize from it, maybe do some awards and stuff like that. Mm. And we'll maybe I'll tweet Denzel Washington and go, "You are the illustrious winner <laughs> with this film." But um, see, IMDb go eighty-two of them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So so Jamie, if I know it's, it's like probably asking, "What's your favourite kid?" But. <laughs> If I had to say to you, what's your favourite Denzel film? Like, what's the top of your list for you? It, it, it is it is a hard one actually because I mean, when you start going through his back catalogue and you see all the diverse films he's done, you're like, oh god, yeah, there's that film. There's you know, films that you know he's in, but you just forget about. Um, and then you, you see him, you're like, my god, that's a great film. Um, for me, I like my dystopian films, I like my end of the world sort of uh, forays, should we say? Um, and so for me, Book of Eli is a quality film. Although close, close second would be Man on Fire. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree with you. There's a lot of people out there who really want... There's a video game franchise out there called Fallout. And mm. there's tons of people out there, myself included, that would love to see that in a film adaptation. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get that. But I think The Book of Eli is probably the closest we're going to, to get to that. I absolutely... I think Book of Eli is a real... It's a... You don't expect it. You wouldn't, no. That, never the end see, scene, you're like, oh... <laughs> yeah, you'll never expect Denzel to do a role like that. No, and he's his portrayal in that film is absolutely incredible. It's also got uh, oh, what's name from Family Guy, uh, Mila or oh, Mila Kunis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's fantastic in it as well. I agree with you. Man on Fire for me is is definitely up there oh. as well. Especially the scene where he's put an explosive up that guy's ass. That's, that's just genius. Just genius. That, what just, way to make someone perform under pressure. Yeah. Um, what I, I love about that film, actually, is I love the, the way it's just the filming of it. It's beautiful. Like The lens work is, is absolutely incredible. I love the use of subtitles. There's a, yes. a scene where he's... Uh, forgive me if I got this wrong. It's been a while since I've seen it. But he's under a bridge with a guy. And he's basically saying, very slowly, very methodically, just saying... You're going to tell me where she is, or I'm going to break your fingers one by one. And it's just the way that the subtitles appears yeah. on the screen. Very Tarantino-esque, actually. Yeah. Um, 
I wouldn't be surprised if Robert Rodriguez was involved in that some sort of shape or form as well. But yeah, I absolutely agree with you that that Man on Fire is incredible. And it is definitely up there as one of them. To be honest, I'm the, uh, I, I think there's so many different things. Now, obviously, Training Day is one of the big oh, ones that, yeah. that you think about. He won the Oscar for it. Yeah. That being said, um, I think that... Actually, with, with Training Day, it's such a good film that the trope has been copied in so many other films yes, now of yeah. Rookie bad, Cop. Bad Cop, yeah, Rookie Cop. Yeah, it's, it's a classic now. It's it? a classic, yeah. yeah. They, they, they brought that to the main screen. Like they, that's what we think about. That is the standard. But also, I was listening to a, a podcast with... Um, the director of Equalizer 2. He's worked with yeah. him actually on four different occasions. He worked on Training Day with him. He worked on Equalizer, obviously Equalizer 2, and, Magni- and that Magnificent 7 um, remake. So it's a bit yeah. of a collaborative partnership that's worked quite a lot. But the director says with Denzel, Denzel, although he's an amazing frontman, he's only as good as his support cast. Yeah. And Ethan Hunt in Training Day is so good. It is an incredible, incredible it, performance. It, I mean, and the fact that now he's, he's done that classic thing as an actor as well of becoming a producer, director as well. Um, you know, he produced Equalizer and Equalizer 2. You know, so we're seeing that, that that true Denzel coming out in those films. I mean, we haven't even spoken about Equalizer 1. No, no, no. That's, and that's a great film. Yeah, 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 definitely. I'm looking forward to hearing your review about Equalizer 2, to be honest. So with, at some point, in Denzel Washington's career, he decided at a late age to go, you know what, I've done my drama. I've, I've played Malcolm X. I've played The Hurricane. Yeah, that, that was 1992, yeah, Malcolm X. Yeah, Hurricane, such a good film. Yeah. And that song uh, by Bob Dylan, it was the story of the hurricane. Oh, yeah. yeah, that one's classic. Um, you know, and Philadelphia. How oh, God, Philadelphia yeah. with Tom Hanks, like, that is such a again. Yeah. You know, I keep I'm it's like a broken record. That's such a good film, but <laughs> but it is the. I'm I'm still like I keep going quiet for a bit because I keep looking through his his film catalog and I'm trying to find a bad film. <laughs> well, um, yeah, exactly. But anyway, my point is that at some point in his career, he he's gone. You know what? I've I've done drama. I've I've conquered yeah. it. Yeah. I want to learn action. I want to be an action star. And I think Man on Fire is probably that first step into that. I'm going to become a bit more of an action guy. Yeah, 2004. Yeah. Bear in mind, he was in his, his. I mean, I think he's in his mid 60s now. Oh, so yeah. he made that decision in his mid to late 50s to go. You know what? I'm going to start action films. Yeah. And people might say, "Oh, we just saw what Liam Neeson done with Taken and and wanted to emulate that." Well, actually, Man on Fire came out. I think three or four years yeah. before Taken did. So yeah. it, this was not influenced by what other actors are yeah. doing. And anyone who's and everyone who's seen that film, I've never met anyone who's seen that film and didn't love it. Well, Man on Fire. Man on Fire. Like, yeah. No, it is a film that transcends generations. Uh, you know, different focus groups. Everyone loves that film. Yeah, no, I agree. But actually, I haven't mentioned it. My favorite, my ultimate favorite Denzel film. It's actually my favorite gangster film of all time. American Gangster. Right. Yeah. That for me, that portrayal. I love. I love films that span a lifetime. Yeah. And that film, you really do. You get the. You get the real feel of depth of, yeah. of a character. You see it develop. Yeah. You understand that he started out as a nobody, as just a driver mm-hmm. for a successful gangster. But in a very Denzel Washington way, he sat and listened and planned and calculated. And when it was his opportunity, he took it. And it's yeah. Do you know actually, uh, Robert? Robert Crowe, not Robert Crowe, who's Robert Crowe? Russell Crowe, <coughs> wasn't originally meant to be an American gangster. Oh, really? No, it was meant to be Benicio Del Toro. Oh, 
Oh. And then the director parted ways from the project because of those damn creative Very differences. differences. <laughs> and um, they, they started again with yeah. the project. Denzel was still really, really eager, so they got a new director in, Ridley Scott, nonetheless. Mm. And uh, they got Russell Crowe in, obviously of Gladiator fame, yeah. working with Scott before. Mm-hmm. And they, made, they knocked it out of the park and made what I think is, for me, it's the greatest gangster movie of all time. I think what I like about Denzel so much is whilst he plays his action heroes, he plays his drama bits, every role that he plays, he comes across as a very intelligent man. Yes. Very calculated, very careful. Uh, even the, you know, the pure action films, you know, the, the way he says things, the things he's saying, you know, it's very well scripted, but I also get an impression as an actor, as a person, that he's a very intelligent, calculated man. And I like that. I like intelligent action heroes because it's not all just about going in and blowing everything up. It's about getting the end goal. I completely agree. Um, so, and that's down to the creative team years around him, right? So <laughs> No creative a, differences. No creative differences. There's a, as mentioned before, a gentleman called Antoine Fuga. Um, he directed Equalizer 2, Equalizer 1, yeah. Training Day. Um, he was oh, actually wow. meant to be the original director on American Gangster. And wow. uh, they, they parted ways. I was listening to a podcast with him. And you can tell him and Denzel are, are of the same ilk. Yeah. I, I think they're probably I, I don't know how they look but I think they're of a similar age mm-hmm. they've, they've, I think they're from a very similar area and they've got yeah. a similar voice and, oh, and okay. when he was talking he goes oh, uh, what's it like when you, you got a new project for Denzel and he does this amazing impression of Denzel Washington and you can imagine this conversation how it would go so I'll pick up the phone to him and just go oh man I got this new script for you and he's go just send me the script just send me the script he goes, yeah, yeah, but don't want to hear about it. No, send me the script. I'll make up my mind. And it's just like, oh, that's, I absolutely love it. I mean, on Sky at the moment, they've dedicated a whole channel to Denzel Washington. Yes, they have, yeah. I sat there and just flicked through it just to yeah. see what they got lined up. And it's like, oh my God, I need to turn the TV off now. Otherwise, I'm not going to leave. <laughs> like They had fly, uh, film after film after film. So let's talk about when... Here's, for me, the mark of a great actor is when they take good material and ascend it to excellence but also when they have poor material yeah. and make it good. Yeah. And I think there's a couple of examples in his career where, where this has happened. But I'm not a big fan of Flight. Yeah, yeah, that was um, a tough film. That was a tough film to watch. But that being said, because what's the concept? Well, a guy crashes, a, uh, avoids a plane from crashing yeah. and he goes to court and admits that he was drunk. Yeah. That's the whole story of the film. I'm sorry, spoiler just, alert. Just on a side note, that's fucking impressive. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that is, that is quite impressive. Like, you should have seen what I could have done sober. Yeah. <laughs> and Not condoning drunk No, no, of course, of course, of course. All the pilots that listen to this, yeah. uh, uh, you know, you, you don't drink and fly. Yeah. But um, Denzel Washington manages to take pretty... In, not... not not two hours worth of material and manages is that one of those courtroom drama type films yeah, yeah and he manages to pull it off just and it ends with him you know finding sobriety and and actually um, you know fighting his demons and everything else yeah I think that was the limits of his his capabilities for that sort yeah. of stuff and um, yeah so another one that kind of only just got through for me uh, Deja Vu I oh I quite like Deja Vu did you like it I did like Deja Vu, yeah. Oh, fair enough. an old school film, that one, isn't it? When's that from? Is that from the 90s? Uh, uh, 2006. Oh, so yeah. it's, it's still quite right. modern. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there are a couple of films he's done where it's more about uh, it's a buddy team up with the latest you know, yeah. it person. So 
He done two guns. Do you remember that one with <laughs> Mark Welberg? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Uh, wasn't much of a story now. No, no, but again, again, he he takes films which, if there was any other actor in that role, yeah. I think it would have been an absolute pardon, yes. the, pardon, the, uh, pun train crash with Unstoppable or yeah, yeah. or plane crash with Flight, and he he makes some good enough films that you go, oh, it's a good film. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. I enjoyed it. Um, I, it's really hard I was there thinking do I like older classic Denzel in sort of Philadelphia training day hurricane or do I like action it's almost like two different actors isn't yeah. it really I think I kind of like the action Denzel I think I think for, for fairness we should go to classic Denzel and okay. we should go to action Denzel okay it's so hard it is so hard right. um, well I guess in the modern ones we've got to put Man on Fire yeah Man on Fire and Book of Eli. Oh, oh, this is hard. Or do you want to put Equalizer? I, I, I really want to put American Gangster in. Oh, American Gangster. This is so hard to nail uh, it to four. Well, would American Gangster not count as one of the classic ones? Uh, it's 2007, three years after we've said the moment where he went to becoming action. Um, uh, okay, how about this? How about this? Uh, just throwing it out there. So, Training Day, he won the Oscar for. He's got that's got to be in the list. Okay, Training Day. Okay. That's all I've got. Now, um, <laughs> and uh, so that, please pass your votes now. It's either training day or nothing. <laughs> training day. Probably Philadelphia should go in there. Yeah, okay. Hurricane? I would put American Gangster over Hurricane. Okay, American Gangster. And let's go with Book of Eli. <sighs> no Man on Fire. No Man on Fire. All right, Man on Fire. Man, man on Fire or Book of Eli, you got to pick. Oh, God damn it. Man on fire. It's just a crazy. It's got to be man on fire. fire. Okay, all right. So, so there you have it. Man on fire. Training day. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Not the soft cheese. <laughs> An American gangster. Vote now on Twitter. Your favourite Denzel Washington film. All I've got to say is, my man. My man. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm the driver you called to take home your girlfriend. The uh, credit card was invalid. Come in. You're not gonna ask me if she got homework yet? I'm gonna need your cameras, cell phones, anything you might have used to record what you did to her tonight. Equalizer 2 is, believe it or not, the sequel to The Equalizer. <laughs> it's directed again by Antoine Frugard and it's reuniting Denzel Washington. And it's the first sequel he's ever done in his career, which is quite interesting. You think about the amazing career he's had, as we spoke about earlier in the feature. And um, Denzel's coming back as Robert McCall. Again, he is that vigilante fighting street justice who stumbles upon a massive uh, conspiracy that goes right away to the top. And this is a return to form for the character. I really enjoyed a lot of the twists and turns that happen, although they're quite obvious. And the action, it doesn't miss a beat. It's incredible. It starts out with with uh, Robert having to change jobs, obviously, because of the first film. He was no longer at the, the warehouse, the Office Depot place, because of what happened in the events of the first film. He's now an Uber driver. And it's okay. an interesting take, because they use this as an opportunity for him to to really keep an ear to the ground and what's going on in his area. So he'll pick up a girl from a, a party, she's drunk, she may have been abused, he drops her off at the hospital and does what his character does in this film, which is dispense his version of justice, justice. on this. Um, so in terms of crossover from the original, is yeah. it just because it, it picks up where it left off or left off almost? They or? don't give you a specific time period, but it's, it's not like a direct sequel in terms of 
because of what you've done in the first right. film, this is the actions of it. It's is just, it the, just the same character. It's the same character. But no other crossover. No other okay. crossover, really. Okay. Um, it's got Pedro Pascal in this as well, playing a character called Dave York, who's an FBI uh, analysis. Bill Pullman is randomly in it. Okay. He's got a really small role in it. You just go, oh my yeah. God, that's the president from Independence Day. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, here, and it's got also Melissa Leo playing a, a really prominent character in this actually but here's my problem with this film and, and it's only a small problem but when you think of these these action surprise packages like mm-hmm. you think of John Wick you think of Taken and the Equalizer definitely falls into that bracket of a surprise performance in a world which they've managed to create that opens up a load of possibility mm-hmm. but it's got a certain niche to it John Wicks is that he's, an old, he's in this world of assassins. Uh, Taken is that um, he is looking, he's, he's, being, he's going after his daughter, he's constantly being taken. You've got to question his parenting ability. Yeah. Um, and in this world, it's very much about Denzel's character, Robert, has got a shady history which you don't know much about, and that he, he wants to hide away, but he can't. He sees, he sees bad things happening, he has to intervene. But it's not on a global scale, it's on a you know what, that dude's picking on that guy, I'm going to say something. And obviously the escalation violates so that there's, there's, there's R-rated stuff, but it's, it's very grounded. Yeah. That was a massive success. It, it done a ton of money, and Equalizer 2 actually made a little bit more money in its opening weekend than the first film has over its entire history, yeah. which is incredible. But there's this temptation to go bigger, there's this temptation to go badder, there's this temptation to go more global. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's where this narrative goes. And it's like a, it loses its charm, it loses what you loved in the first place. And to be honest, I'm in it just to watch Denzel Washington kick the shit out of people. The dude's 50, like in his 50s, like yeah. nearly 60 yeah. something now. And I believe that he can kick the shit out of a room of, of men half his age. And, yeah. and do it convincingly within 29 seconds of his watch. Which I mean, if you turn up now, we'll be in trouble. We would be in trouble. So that's the only sort of bugbear I've got this film, is that it, it moves away. It starts off being gritty, grounded, and basically just going after you know, social injustices, and then it becomes a big... It goes right up to the White House level of, of that Ooh. coverage and all that sort of stuff. So I'm... So yes. this is an Uber driver that investigates something goes all the way up to the White House. Yeah, I don't want to. Throw, I, don't want to I don't want to to spoil the, the storyline, but basically, his past catches up with him. Okay. And there are certain people in his life which you weren't aware of. Right. And it is to do with double do, uh, wrongdoings going on in official government procedures. And uh, there's one line in this film which is absolutely incredible, where Denzel Washington is looking at his adversaries in a public place so they can't hurt each other. And he just says very quickly and quietly, I'm going to kill you, you and you, and the only dissatisfaction I'm going to get is I can only do it once. And I was like, oh, oh wow. Denzel, wow. what a line, wow. what a line. Um, but yeah, look, I really enjoyed the action in this. I think Denzel, he, there's one scene in particular with him and uh, a youth. A youth, the youth would do. Yes. So basically Denzel lives in a, a, a dodgy apartment flat. There's a, there's a kid who he's taken a shining to, who oh, he doesn't want to join, he doesn't want to go join games and stuff yeah. because they feel that's the only way you can make money. Um, he catches him and, and basically scares the shit out of him. They try and scare him straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one scene, it's like that's, that's 20 years of Oscar-worthy experience mm-hmm. coming through in that one scene. It is beautiful. Yeah. It, is, it is amazing. And you think, this is just a popcorn action flick. But he brings that extra level of amazingness to it. So, yeah, it's just as good as the original Equaliser. 
like I said, my I don't like the direction it goes in from that perspective, but it's really, really enjoyable. Came out Friday, did it? Yes, it came out on Friday. You can go see it in cinemas now. I think it's been out in the US for a little while. And um, yeah, I went. I was fortunate enough to go to a pre-screening of this, and uh, I just haven't been able to find a chance to uh, record the reviewing before the embargo lifted. But um, but yeah, I highly recommend this. Uh, out of five, I'm gonna go towards four. Maybe because okay. I've just been talking about Denzel Washington for the last hour and everything yeah. he does I think is incredible. But um, yeah, highly recommend it. Go see it, Equalizer 2. You shouldn't have gone to war with us, McCall. You got it backwards. You're going to war with me. Box office higher or lower, it does exactly what it says on the tin. And it's been a while since we've had a game because we had loads of other stuff popping up and other things we had to review and stuff like that. But it, yeah, it's pretty much what you, what you expect it to be. I will tell my guests the title of the film and how much money it made on its opening box office weekend as taken from boxofficemojo.com. I'll then say another film and my guest has to guess higher or lower. So Jamie, if I said Jamie, the Equalizer earned $34 million in its opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Equalizer 2, higher or lower? Lower. I gave you a clue in the review of the Equalizer 2 earlier. It made more money. It made $36 million oh, in its opening God. weekend. And in, in the interest... That was a test, though. That was a test. It was an example. It's all right. It's all right. And, uh, and in honour of, of our, Den- our very Denzel Washington podcast, um, it's going to be all Denzel films. <laughs> so, Jamie, Unstoppable grossed $22 million... Oh, sorry, I say $22.6 million in its opening weekend. Okay. Man on Fire, higher or lower? Higher. You are correct. Man on Fire grossed uh, $22.7 million in its opening weekend. Oh, wow. Right, so 2004, Man on Fire, classic. Yeah. We're going to go to his Oscar-winning performance in Training Day. Why did you say that? Training Day, box office higher or lower. Bear in mind, 90s, (laughs) less cinemas. Stop it. Tickets were cheaper. He's just trying to put me off. I'm going to say higher. But you won an Oscar. Um, You are incorrect. Training Day grossed $22.5 million. Oh, God, we're it. talking about a couple hundred thousand in all of these. Yeah, I know. He's, he's the $22 million man. Yeah, isn't he just? <laughs> it he should aim for that. He should be like, right, I'm going to make a film that's $10 million to make because I'm going to double my money, guaranteed. Well, there's, you're, you're talking about the economics of film there. Yeah. So you can sit there and go, Denzel Washington, guaranteed to draw in that amount. It's yeah. opening box office, so don't think this is small numbers because yeah. if you add international stat and gross yeah, over yeah, a month, yeah. you're yeah. talking towards the $120, 130 yeah, million yeah. Dollar mark. Um, so anyway training day 22.5 let's go to American Gangster lower nearly doubled 43.5 million dollars in its opening weekend I'm doing terrible at this okay (laughs) so from American Gangster to The Magnificent Seven bear this in mind it had stars like Chris Pratt in it so it's just not it's not just the name of Denzel it's loads of other actors obviously lower you are correct (laughs) 34.7 million dollars in its opening weekend so from being a cast of big names to only a couple of big names in the next one, The Book of Eli, which narrowly missed out the, the top Denzel list. Higher or lower? I'm going to say lower. You are correct. $32.7 million Ooh. The Book of Eli grossed on its opening weekend. And finally, it was the story of the hurricane. The man the authorities came to tame. <laughs> How much money did that rank and its opening box office weekend? Higher well, or lower? I'm going to guess it's around the 22 million mark again, so I'm going to say lower. You are correct, but it wasn't 22. Oh. It only grossed 9 million on its opening million. weekend. Oh, but wow. bear in mind, it was like early 90s. And yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I get it. Okay, so strong finish. Strong finish. 
Oi, oi. So, yeah. yeah, there you go, Jamie. You know your Denzel, higher or lower, three out of seven. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to it as much as we've enjoyed making it, please click on the like, subscribe, the follow, whatever button it means that you get more content from Talk Film With Me. I want to thank my boy Jamie. How can people find you? Find me on Twitter at, at Mr. Hannon Space. Hannon in Space! With the echo in here, that sounds really good. Okay. <laughs> Next week, we'll be back with a review, a feature, streaming gem to boot. Until then, stay filming. The cellar door and baby. Talk filmy to me.